Welcome to our regular episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. From the emails we've been receiving, we have a pretty wide diversity of listeners to this program. Well, the only thing pretty much all of you have in common is that you all have businesses, uh, but for some of you, your business is your art or your music. For some of you, it's food and restaurants. Some of you, it's construction. Some of you are in beauty and fashion. I have some in film, some of you in dental or medical, alternative health, fitness, IT. In fact, you name it, we've got it in the WISE membership. But you are all, to one degree or another, an organization. Even if you're a one-man band, you still have to have an organizing board. You still have to define your functions, your various products. Every single bit of LRH Admin Tech has application to you, no matter your size and no matter what type of business you have. Now, if I were to describe a, quote, best organization, end quote, or better yet, if Mr. Hubbard were to describe a best organization, then you could take that description and practically put it into a checklist. And then all you would have to do is take this checklist and compare it to your own organization, and you would know where and what you are missing and what you have to work on. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do with this episode. You're going to have to take a lot of notes on this one. And I definitely think it would be a good idea to listen to it more than once, probably at least twice. Because what uh, we're going to cover today is a little bit more involved and complex than what we would normally cover. And I've been meaning to go over this with you for some weeks, but I've had my hesitation only because it is a little more involved than uh, than many of our other uh, subjects or topics. Also, in the reference I'm going to go over with you, there is a paragraph which, in my humble opinion, is one of the most important paragraphs in all of Mr. Hubbard's writings on management. And if you duplicate it fully, you can salvage any business, any company, any government, and it's also a formula you can use to start any kind of an organization. Okay, now I'm going to repeat this because it's really important, all right? This paragraph contains a formula that can salvage any business. I don't care what kind of condition your business is in or what a disaster it might be. I don't think many of the listeners have businesses that are in a disaster mode, not based on the feedback I'm getting from you. But if you do, or if you ever get into that situation, this paragraph, this formula that we're going to cover today will address and handle that if you apply it with precision and thoroughly. Okay, so the article is dated 9 November 1968, and uh, we're only going to cover one section out of it, which is called The Best Organization. I'm going to quote Mr. Hubbard here. The best organization is one which has a being over it. So note that. There's somebody over it. There's a being over it. Methods of working out its problems. Jot that down too. So you have to have someone over who's responsible for it. And methods of working out its problems, basic actions, and a good desirable product. It adapts itself to its environment or surroundings or conditions of operation so as to expand to greater or lesser degree. 
this isn't the paragraph I was referring to. This is just the start of this uh, section. He says, the best organization is one which has a being over it, methods of working out its problems, basic actions, and a good desirable product. It adapts itself to its environment or surroundings or conditions of operation so as to expand to greater or lesser degree. So if you're if you're writing this down, you're you're starting to develop a checklist here. You know, sometimes you have organizations that don't appear to have anybody over it at all. Like, who's responsible for this? Who's who's uh, moving this? Uh, you know, the number of members that have turned in their own, I guess you could say, write-up, sort of confessing their sins, if you will. We can cover this more thoroughly, what they're doing. They're actually doing a condition. We've talked about conditions before, states of operation. They have a realization that they've actually not really been leading their own organization. They've not really been an executive to their own organization. Here's one of the first factors to uh, establish is anybody running this place? Is anyone being totally responsible for the place? And you may find even though it's your company or your business, you're not. And that would be one of the first things you've got to address because any organization or any group has to have someone over it. And then you have methods of working out its problems. Let's just analyze that for a minute. Any organization is going to encounter problems, and they're going to survive to the degree that they solve those problems. Now, as you work out these solutions and evolve these solutions to these problems, or you study Mr. Hubbard's works and you go, oh, wow, we could apply this to solve this particular problem, those solutions thereby become your policies, because that's what policies are for. Those are the uh, directives or the methods of approach or the, the things to avoid uh, in progressing and expanding your group or organization. So you better write them down. As you evolve them, they need to actually become the policies of your organization. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. And these are methods of working out its problems. So that's the second point. Then basic actions. Okay, we build houses. Okay, building houses involve basic actions. And they are executed step by step on any house you build. There are these basic actions. And when people mess up on those basic actions, you don't get a house at all. You get a disaster or you get something that's way too expensive to build because you got to keep redoing everything. There's basic actions to... Uh, analyzing and treating a body. There's basic actions to fixing uh, a dinner or setting up a place to feed people, you know, take care of them, entertain them, or produce a painting. Any of those things, there's basic actions. And those basic actions need to be isolated and uh, understood and sustained in a standard format in an organization. Okay, that would be like your technology, if you will. Okay. And a good, desirable product. What's the point of having an organization that doesn't have a valuable product or a good product? You know, this is one of the first things that you want to analyze if you're looking at getting into a business or you have a quote-unquote opportunity and this is going to make you lots of money, fine. You know, uh, if it appeals to you and it's interesting to you and the product, this is the point. You have to analyze what is its valuable final product? What is it actually exchanging with society in the world? This is a very, very important question you have to ask yourself of your current organization or any prospective organization you're going to create or get involved in. 
Then he goes on to say, it adapts itself to its environment or surroundings or conditions of operation so as to expand to greater or lesser degree. Yeah, a good organization adapts itself. Environments change. Uh, Maybe some of us have noticed. Let's carry on. So he goes on to say this, such an organization must have a clear-cut purpose and fill a definite need in order to survive. Here's two more valuable points for your checklist. What is the purpose of this organization? It's got to be clear-cut, very easy to understand. And it better fill a need. I mean, you might have a brilliant product in your own universe. You might have an incredible uh, purpose in your own mind. But is it actually a need of others? Because if there's no need for it, you know, you've invented an inflatable Christmas tree. It seems like a great idea to you, but uh, maybe not so great to the consumers. So it's not needed. So it's not going to go anywhere. So this is something you clearly need to establish. And if your business is bugging or not really moving forward, you might want to check and make sure that what you're offering is actually a definite need or it won't survive. Mr. Robert says this, its services must be more valuable than what it costs to produce or furnish those services. All right, here we get into costing and pricing. Is it a viable product or service to begin with? Can it be delivered uh, economically enough that we can actually get a return for it and afford to deliver it? In other words, is it profitable? And you can only establish that with costing. You know, sometimes you get kind of lucky about this sort of thing, but, you know, figure it out. What is it really going to cost to produce it and deliver it? And what can we sell it for? What will the market bear? This needs to be analyzed in order to be a best organization. And then he goes on to say this, again, going back to the reference, it must, to remain healthy, obtain more potential than it spends. For, quote, potential, end quote, can be ready money or power or even strength. So whatever you're delivering has to, in order for your organization to remain healthy, it has to obtain more potential uh, finance or influence or strength, the ability to influence other things around it and survive, whatever that could be. It could be goodwill. It doesn't have to just be money. Money is definitely, or goods. There has to be some of that material stuff in there, but it can also be that its influence is such within the community that people can't um, uncreate it. They can't attack it, um, you know, spread lies about it and so forth. This is all relating to its survival, and these are part of the potentials that it will acquire to itself uh, or it must acquire to itself to remain healthy. Where an organization violates these very fundamental things, it sickens and will eventually perish. This is why it's a pretty darn good idea to take these quotes and actually make a checklist out of it because you may discover that you're weak in some of these areas uh, and these are areas that you should be working on to make a best organization for yourself. Then Mr. Robert says this, for example, a government of a country can violate one or more of the above simple ideas and eventually cease to exist. Some governments are really dead for a very long time before the fact is discovered. What's wrong with this place? Well, the country doesn't have a clear-cut purpose. I'm not talking about our country or the United States or your country. I'm just saying a country 
you can draw your own conclusions. But a country, there's no clear-cut purpose for it. It's not fulfilling any needs for its citizens or for any of the other neighboring countries around it. It's not obtaining more potential. It's not obtaining power or strength, or it doesn't have finance. It doesn't figure out what it produces, has no valuable final products. You know, it doesn't matter. It can be a company, it can be uh, an individual, or it can be a whole country. But if it doesn't have anything to offer, anything to exchange, then it's going to cease to exist. Now, as Ron Hubbard says here, with countries, it can be dead for a long time before people actually discover that it's dead, right? Such is the persistence and power of a once strong organization. This is, again, a quote. Such is the persistence and power of a once strong organization that it can continue for a very long while feeding inward on itself. It gradually contracts and eventually becomes a memory only. There's quite a bit of that going on right now with uh, major companies. They've been contracting for years, uh, long before the current situation or, or pandemic. You know, the current situation has perhaps caused an acceleration of their decay, but they've been decaying for a while. And they can go on for a long, long time after they've started to lose their purpose, after they've started to lose the, their concept of what their valuable final product is, and the product maybe doesn't serve the needs as closely as it once did. I have my own opinions about certain companies right now. I'm not going to express them, but major companies that you are all aware of that I am observing are starting to lose touch with their basic purpose, the ones that they were founded with, this is quite common. You, you know, the founder has a clear vision of a company and promotes that vision through all of his or her actions. And then uh, sometimes it's taken over by a successor, a family member perhaps, who shares that vision. But uh, quite often by the third generation, this is kind of an established, you know, conventional wisdom sort of a deal where People observe that, you know, hey, what happened to that company? Third generation, it's not as strong. What happened? The vision is no longer strong. The purposes are no longer clear. You have to start to appreciate the value of clear-cut purpose. I have seen companies turn around with that one datum alone. What is their purpose? And refining that and defining that and reinstituting that reviving the whole company. We're going to get into that now because here comes this paragraph. All right. So I'm going to read it to you now. I'm going to read it to you twice. Thus, when you see an organization begin to contract, if it is to be salvaged, it must be stripped back to basics quickly, its form simplified, its purpose clarified, and the important services it can render greatly intensified and the cost of rendering them greatly reduced. This formula, intelligently applied, even to a dead government, could revive it. Wow. That's one paragraph. I'm going to read it again. Thus, when you see an organization begin to contract, if it is to be salvaged, it must be stripped back to basics quickly, its form simplified, its purpose clarified, and the important services it can render greatly intensified, and the cost of rendering them greatly reduced. This formula, intelligently applied, even to a dead government, could revive it. In the next paragraph, he says, 
lest we go too quickly, in the single sentence above and the earlier basics mentioned, we have the whole, quote, secret, end quote, of either reviving an old or founding a new organization. That's why I'm, I'm emphasizing this. Don't brush off that paragraph because therein, if you take this as a checklist, if it is to be salvaged, it must be stripped back to basics quickly. A lot of times I see members getting into all this other stuff. You know, they've got a health, let's say they've got a clinic of some sort and there's a fundamental purpose and there's a fundamental basic and they start getting into all this other stuff and they're losing track of or sight of what their original vision and purpose was and uh, it starts getting extremely expensive to run. Maybe they're getting a whole bunch of new equipment. Now they're getting engaging in all this other marketing campaign. And the original vision of the founder is somewhat obscured. And all of a sudden they're losing money. Okay, I'm not saying expanding in that direction doesn't make sense. It can if it aligns with the basic purpose and the services and the, and the valuable final products that is part of the vision for that company, but just randomly adding, well, I think this is a good idea. We'll start adding this because that'll make us some money and we'll add this and that'll make us some money. And the next thing you know, the overhead is screamingly high and the demand is crashing. And uh, suddenly you've got this whole, uh, what is it? White elephant, pink elephant, gray elephant. You got some kind of an elephant there that is no longer viable and is a complete stress and strain to administer. I'm, this can be any kind of company. So what do you do in that situation? Well, you, you, you got to strip it back to basics quickly. Simplify its form, clarify its purpose, figure out what its important services are and greatly intensify those and reduce their cost of delivering them. I mean, that's just a paraphrase. I want you to re-listen to this and make sure you duplicate that paragraph from Mr. Hubbard, because therein is your basic formula. If you're contracting, if you're having a hard time, review your organization against this and the earlier basics, and you're going to, things are going to pop. You're going to look at things and you go, okay, I get this now. I can see where we went off the rails. All right. He goes on to say this. We're going to wrap this up. He says, if you know the purpose and how to make a desirable service known and know how to handle its fundamentals expertly, you can found, increase, or revive any organization. I'm running out of time here, but I remember one time uh, was an extraordinarily unique position. Uh, I think he was a geophysical engineer or something like that, something I never heard of. And uh, his business was contracting. His wife made him call me, uh, which I just want to remind you that you can certainly call our office. We're very interested and willing, particularly if, well, we love hearing your wins, but if you're in trouble, we want to know that too. Anyway, I said, sure, I'll help you. And the first thing we did, we a long phone conversation to clarify the purpose of the company. That one datum alone started the the turnaround. You know, he he got completely revitalized. And uh, she was, of course, blown out by the whole process. And the whole company started to turn around. And it's been doing fantastic ever since. There were other actions we took. But all those actions aligned with this paragraph and the, these basics I'm going over with you because this is what we use here at Wise East US if we have a member in trouble. We go through these this particular reference. So he says, if you know the purpose and how to make a desirable service known and know how to handle its fundamentals expertly, you can found, increase, or revive any organization. All right. So that's where we're going to leave this one. 
today. There's a lot more to this reference. If you want to study it for yourself, it's called Standard Admin, which is short for administration. If you want to know where to find it, you can write me absolutely at info at wiseeastus.org. Like I say, I've wanted to share this with you for a long time and never quite figured out how I was going to pass it over to you. But I figured, look, if you just listen to this a couple of times and make a checklist and uh, use that to compare against what's going on in your company or your group, or even if it's you as an individual, these same fundamentals will apply. Be nice to see some people apply it to a government because uh, it'll work for that too, very, very effectively, but certainly it can help you. All right. Well, that's it for today. Let us know how you did with this. Uh, I love this. Is, this one in particular, I'd like you to, to mess around with it, get some results with it, and then write us back and let us know how you did at info at wiseeastus.org. Also, quite a few of you make comments uh, once you've listened to these and they show up in our um, on our homepage. Please don't hesitate to uh, write comments, hopefully positive ones, on the things that you've learned. And uh, give us a like if you like the podcast. And uh, yeah, because we check it over and we have more and more followers every day. You know, we're growing. And we're over 50,000 downloads now. and uh, something like 1,200 followers. So I like looking at those statistics, but I also like seeing your thumbs up and uh, your comments. So please uh, do so. Take advantage of that facility on this platform that we're using. And thank you very much for listening. We'll talk again next week.